Hey everybody, welcome to the Apple Taco Podcast. This is episode 19. Willie, you ready for some 19 stats? Yep. Here we go. Okay, jersey numbers. Bob Feller, Rapid Robert. Robin Yount, Paul Molitor when he was with the Jays. Joey Votto, we got to get our Canadian connection in there. A couple other Jays, Fred McGriff and Jose Bautista. Not too bad. Bat flipping. I think it's the... Uh, I think it's the anniversary or whatever today, actually, of that bat flip. No, I don't think that's right. Is it wrong? No, yeah, it was a little bit. Oh, maybe yeah. I saw it today from a few days ago. Yeah, it's past. I don't know when it's it was, like but... three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah you're right. One <laughs> Gonzalez uh, wore 19 with the Rangers there, and here's one for me: Manny Trio. He was a coach of mine in Venezuela. One of the most fun people on a baseball field. Always smiling, joking. Love that guy as a coach. Fred Lynn with the Red Sox, 19. And the guy who I think about when I think of number 19, Mr. Tony Gwynn. They're your jersey numbers. How about this? 1919, Jackie Robinson was born. Mm. 19 was the number of times the Rangers were caught stealing in the regular season versus like 70-something uh, successful attempts. Uh, Glass now, Tyler Glass now, Spencer Strider, Framber Valdez all allowed 19 bags. 19 was the number of home runs hit by Christian Yelich. Brandon Belt, the MVP of the Toronto Blue Jays, obviously. Jazz Chisholm and Xander Bogarts. The 19th and 20th expansion teams in Major League Baseball were the Houston Colt 45s, who are now the Astros, and the New York Mets back in 1962. And here are some 1919 stat leaders for you. Wins. Was Eddie Seacott with 29 wins? He also happened Jeez. to have, yeah, he also happened to lead the league with 30 complete games. Won't see that again. Uh, Walter Johnson led the league with a 149 ERA. How about this one? 1919, the saves leaders, Alan Russell, Jim Shaw, and Bob Shockey. You want to guess how many saves they had in 1919? I don't know if this is going to be like crazy low or crazy high. Go with your initial thought there. Low? I'm going to say like seven, eight. Five. I was going to say five off the bat. They led the league in saves with five. Wow. Uh, Babe Ruth led the league with 29 home runs and 114 RBIs. And Ty Cobb led the league in average with a 384 clip. How times have changed, huh? Your last 19 stat was $19 million was the amount made this year by Chris Bassett and Jorge Soler, who, oddly enough, we're going to be talking about again. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. You know, baseball's almost over, which is sad, but uh, I know. trying to get this over with quick so we can go watch the game. We Tuesday night, not long. a great night. And I know. We won't, uh, we won't take too long because we do have an awesome interview again coming up here. We talked to... Uh, Blue Jays prospect Damiano Palmigiani spent the year. In what AAA. a name, too, huh? Oh my gosh! I mean, it's 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 almost like a tongue twister. I'm just glad that we know him personally. We call him Demi, right? So we'll yeah. refer him to him constantly as Demi. But uh, Big Phil's he, gonna be on the Bachelor after he's done or something, though. You can. Well, yeah, he's a beauty. He's a he's a great guy. Great uh, dude. Real fun interview and had some really nice words to say about um, what we were doing on the podcast and what Apatok was doing as a whole. Uh, you know, outside of here too. So we had a we had a good time catching up with him, and I'll, I'll just add because it came up today after we had done the interview that, uh, and I wish I could give the the writer credit, 
but I saw an article where they talked about talked about five uh, big hype players that were I think they might have been in the Arizona Fall League. I could be misspeaking there, and then added three more after that. And Demi honorable mentions, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much right. It was like an extra three. It was just <laughs> yeah, three yeah. bonus picks for you, and Demi was on there, so and rightfully so. So. Pretty cool. So I think everybody will enjoy that interview coming up. Looking forward to get to that. So before we do that, though, Willow, let's do our quick hits of the week. All right. Well, we got to start off with the obvious one here. It's a few days old now, but Dusty Baker retiring. Uh, I think he's, what, 74 years old or something like that. Um, I could be wrong there, too. But what a hell of a career. First bout Hall of Famer he should be anyway. Um, so Absolutely. Looking forward to that. Tip yeah. the cap. It's sad to see him go. Um, be interesting to see how the Astros do after this, you know? A little bit of coaching change, you know? I don't know. Personnel will probably be the same. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do next year without him. No big, doubt. Big piece. Big piece. Well, well he came in after the whole uh, garbage can scandal, banging yep. incident and – uh, I mean, as soon as that came in, I was like, what? Perfect pick. Perfect yeah. pick to kind of right the ship again. Yeah, it all happened. Like, upgrade a coach? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, uh, what a career. Congratulations to him. Hopefully, retirement treats him well. Although, I have a feeling he's not going to be too far away from the game. He'll end up being like special assistant For to sure. somebody and they all do. around the field. Yeah. Aaron Judge wins the Roberto Clemente Award, which recognizes a major league player who best represents baseball through extraordinary character, community involvement, philanthropy, and positive contributions on and off the field. So each team, if you don't know, has a nominee, um, and then it gets voted on, I guess, and there's a winner awarded. And Judge won, and it was presented to him before Game 3, of the World Series. So uh, congratulations to him. I think that's a pretty incredible award. And, um, you know, I think one thing that I saw him say, uh, I saw an article where it said, you know, that's that's how you want to be remembered. You know, on-field stuff is great, but uh, really it's what you're doing off the field yeah. as a person that, that really makes a difference, right? Well, and I think it's cool too because it's, it's all stuff that's controllable, right? Like baseball – Judge can go out there and who knows, right? It's whatever happens, happens, but it's not really up to him, right? Mm-hmm. But um, what guys do off the field, things like that, charity, all, all the stuff that plays into this, like, that's a pretty cool award to get. And it's it's a pretty, I mean, I, I've, I've heard guys talk about it in past interviews. Um, I haven't really looked into Judge yet, but they speak very highly of it. Um, and I again, like you said, like, that's, it's just a cool award to get and it, it must yeah. feel pretty damn good. Absolutely. And I will say, I think there is a lot more that goes behind the scenes with guys who do charity work mm-hmm. than the public actually realizes. Because a lot of guys do it without the, the, um, the, gra- or the what, what am I saying here? The notoriety and everything, okay, right? There you go. The visibility and, and, yeah. Yeah, and the public, right? A lot of it goes behind the scenes. They like to keep it kind of private. So good on him. Good on Judge. Uh, great award. Let's go to coaching uh, managerial stuff. The Angels have had some names being thrown out there to replace Phil Nevin uh, for the 2024 season. So a few notable ones in my mind anyway. Darren Erstad, who I loved watching uh, play back in the day. Just a hard-nosed outfielder. Buck Showalter, who I think would be a pretty interesting pick. Big vet right there. Mm -hmm. Benji Gill. Um, Tim Salmon and Tory Hunter, two Angels legends. Yeah, and I'm, I was a big Tory Hunter fan, so I think I love cool, Tory too. But he's got zero managerial experience, right? So, 
and Tim Salmon, I think coaches, I want to say at a high school. So for either of those guys to jump right in, I think they're probably long shots, but apparently uh, Tory Hunter has really good relationship and is very highly respected by uh, the brass. And so that's I don't why think his it matters who you put in there. <laughs> you know me with the angels. I just think, you know, well, they're losing show eh? and who knows yeah. if Trout's on his way out. As, Sounds as like as Trout well, is. So. Yeah. So it, uh, yeah, it's a tough one to walk into whoever, whoever does get hired there, but yeah, best of luck. The Guardians are also in discussion with Craig Council as their manager. So uh, Council was obviously with the Brewers this past year. Um, and actually he will, you know, this will be, re- this podcast will be released on November 1st. And that is when Craig Council was officially a free agent. So um, <clears throat> that one is in the works. And I think it's, uh, I think there's a lot of um, people thinking that he might end up with back with the Brewers, but. Uh, the Guardians have been known to throw money at the managers. Terry Francona is out and uh, for health reasons. And it was said that he might have been the highest paid manager in the league. So we'll see if Council jumps ship and goes to the Guardians. Uh, and I'll throw this one in there. Uh, an old teammate of mine in Venezuela, Gerardo Parra, is he was signed as the first base coach as the Nationals. Maybe not a, a huge signing or that's going to get a lot of visibility, but I will say I remember Parra as a, he must have been 18 uh, as an outfielder, and he was a fantastic kid. I will say kid because he was at that time. Absolutely built like a brick, you know what. Uh, and I remember seeing him tons of energy in the outfield. He would dive for balls that he's still 20 feet away from. And I remember him just getting the ball, firing it, like air mailing out into the middle of the infield to no man's land, but show it off. And it was like, this kid's good. He's actually good. And I, uh, he had a really good career. Um, you know, maybe mostly known for his, uh, coming out for, uh, what's the song? The baby shark. Mm Mm-hmm. That was him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was him. So, um, but fantastic guy. I'd like to see him, you know, getting an opportunity on on a big league staff. Um, Where are we going to go? Let's go. These two are interesting ones here. Rob Manfred, he was said to be considering incentivizing the role of the starting pitcher. And how he would do that, I guess it has been mentioned right now. Currently, a roster, a 26-man roster, can have up to 13 pitchers. That leaves some space for for managers to get creative and do the opener role, and where the relievers are rolling in and out, and you kind of go one inning at a time. Um, but to get back to a little bit of the way baseball was originally played, where the starters go, well, we just talked about Eddie Seacott going 30 complete games. <laughs> Uh, incentivizing for the starting pitcher is possibly dropping down to 12 pitchers, which may force the hand of managers to keep starters in there a little bit longer. So I kind of, I'll say I kind of like this move. Um, as a former starter, I liked being in there as long as I could, obviously. Um, and I, I don't love the start. And we're seeing it in playoffs. There have been like mm-hmm. tonight, we got two more or less relievers starting yeah. the game. I, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I could never imagine going into the World Series With a thinking, oh, shit, or who's going to start sorry. game four? Yeah, who's going to start game four? Well, we open up the bullpen, Yeah, right? So it's kind of the, the way the game has changed. I don't love it, but um, so I think that'd be kind of interesting if they could if they could do that. More words out of Rob Manfred's mouth. Uh, they've been in discussions a little bit. 
about the possibility of major league players participating in the 2028 Olympics, which are in LA. Uh, there's been a lot of support for it. Uh, I read some stuff where major league players, uh, Bryce Harper mentioned it. Uh, I think Corbin Carroll was another one who, you know, talked about what it means to wear USA um, across your chest on a jersey. And I think it was Harper that even said that, you know, the, the WBC is one thing, but it's not the Olympics. Not the Olympics, no. And, you know, I'm not a big leaguer. Um, I think my time has come and gone at this point, although Bartolo's playing at 50. I might be able to do it at 44. There you go. The, and I was able to play in both the WBC and the Olympics, and Bryce Harper is absolutely correct. The WBC is the best baseball tournament in the world. It's not the Olympics. The mm-hmm. Olympics is the most incredible sporting event you'll ever um, Nothing will see or be part it's of. The, it's the pinnacle of, of most sports. It's incredible. Yeah. It is absolutely incredible. So, um, you know, as far as baseball-wise, if you want the optimal baseball tournament, have your big league players involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, Japan mm-hmm. closes down the season, right? They, yeah. they And they send all their big dogs over there to play. And, um, you know, they do really, really well in the Olympics, as they do in the WBC as well. Um, but it's it's pretty cool. So that was – it's Rob Manfred wouldn't go as far as saying that he would allow them or Major League Baseball would send their players, but it is at least an open discussion at this point. So I think yeah, that's super years, interesting. they got a few years to plan it. They do. And you know, I mean, it's going to come down to dollars and cents and who's yeah. – we saw it in hockey, you know, where um, there was consideration about – sending the NHL players or not sending the NHL players and who's going to pay for the insurance for these players and all these well, things. Well, they right? have in the past though. They have in the past, but they didn't last one. Right. Mm-hmm. And part of it was the insurance and, and the IOC didn't want to pay for insurance. And, you know, so are they going to pay for insurance for the, for major league players if they get hurt or not? Right. And insuring a player, I mean, pick your player that you should say, Shoei Otani signs his $600 million contract. Who's going to insure that? Is the IOC going to insure that contract if he gets it's hurt? It's in the U.S., you know, State Farm, Geico, something like that. <laughs> Somebody's going to do it, right? So yeah. pick up a sponsor. I'm sh- Exactly. I'm sure you go to State Farm and say, hey, you, you give us insurance for the whole Olympics for the U.S. team. I'm sure in a second they would say yes. Shoei will do a commercial for you. There you go. And it all pays off. Or Geico. I like the Geico one. The lizard. Yep. Um, or the gecko, I should say. Gecko. <sighs> Just fresh. Yes. Hot off the press. He just mentioned Jorge Soler on the onset of the show here. He is now, um, sounds like, being sued along with the Braves being sued by a fan who was hit by a ball that Jorge Soler... Myra Norris is her name. Oh, call her out. So throw her, uh, threw a ball to a fan. Apparently, I mean, we don't, all the details aren't here yet. I, I don't see him... Absolutely. Well, the lawsuit. He he wasn't trying to hit the cutoff, man. Let's just say that. Defendant Soler did not softly toss the ball uh, into the stands to the crowd. He threw the ball overhand with a great (laughs) deal of speed and force. Wow. Please. Defendant defendant said, Soler threw the ball with such force and speed that it hit Miss Norris directly in her eye, causing extensive and excruciating injury to her right eye. Um, I did... It, it did later come and says that multiple fractures, right-eyed edema, uh, another fracture, abrasions, long-term care required. So it was a pretty serious thing, but do you think he was trying to? Probably not. Not a chance. But what I, I mean, I saw it probably half an hour ago before we recorded, we started recording here. 
And the first comment that I saw was Evan Longoria, the guy who's in the middle of a World Series. And he commented saying, well, I think we just saw, more or less, I'm paraphrasing, I think we just saw the last time a player is going to throw a ball in the stands. Right? It's mm-hmm. not worth it. If that's going to happen, this one, if 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 the story is what it looks like at face value, one idiot's going to ruin it for all fans, mm-hmm. which is incredibly upsetting. And I don't know because that's I mean that's half of it, right? Guys 20, like, like players like throwing balls in the in the in stands for and it must have been outfield because I think by twenty twenty one all because I know all stadiums now have the netting all the way around, which never used to be a thing, right? It used to only just be that kind of. Uh, back portion um, but I didn't know now if you go to any big league stadium there's that netting that runs all the way down I think both sides of the foul pole so yeah it and, might might have been in the outfield then but yeah it, uh, well because again like you see it nowadays like a first base wants to make the last out you, you got a big loopy throw to make. and that's the other thing that I was thinking of. it was the throw made with great force yeah to so get it, it over the netting or something well, was it, I don't, I, it or to throw over, high in the air what are you going to sue the Braves a foul ball hits you too Right? It's just like, he's not, yeah, I don't know. It's insane. Part of me doesn't see this standing up, but is it like partially like extortion? Just get some payment, get it, you know. Yeah, who knows? Solera, the Braves, just pay. Season just tickets, to... let, her, let her go. Yeah, season tickets and you're fine. Yeah, just don't throw her another ball. Actually, though, yeah, don't put her at first. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. So kind of getting towards the playoffs here now, we got two records that were broken. Mm-hmm. Cattell Marte, 19-game hitting streak and and counting, mm-hmm. which dates which dates back to 2017 when this uh, postseason hitting streak started. Um, the record was 17. He broke with 18, obviously, and now is at 19 and still going. So uh, I'm assuming by now he has his first at-bat. I don't know if it's now at 20, but I, I see your face. It looks like you're trying to look it up as we speak. No, three-zip three Rangers. All right. Um, okay, so three-nothing Rangers. Dang. There we go. The other one, Adolis Garcia, 22 RBIs, a postseason record. Well, to, and to go back, though, um, you know, I think it's a crazy feat. 19 in rows a lot, for sure. Yes, sure. Um, but I will say, like, Marte, he has opened my eyes, and I think we should. Last episode, we talked about how, like, how many real D-backs games did you watch this year, right? And me, not many. I'll be honest, but... I don't know if I watched wa- one. Watching him hit, like, he he barrels up a ton of baseballs. He had that one double play last night um, at Seager. It was, like, 115. Is that um, what it was? It was 115 off the bat, but it just... He, he not only has been hitting, but, like, a lot of hard outs, too, right? Yeah. Um, and he, he has really impressed me. Um, over watching him over this playoff stretch. Well, I liked uh, 18 came in his last at bat with a ground ball up the middle to break mm-hmm. the record. He, yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. I was kind of I was watching that one. I was kind of cheering for him and pulling for him, hoping that he broke it. And he did so. Yeah, good cool for stuff. him. Um, just mentioned Adolis, 22 RBIs. Uh, it was and counting. Uh, broke the old record of 21 and still had a bunch of games left. However. Uh, just today and just uh, shortly before the, the game started, Adolis Garcia and Max Scherzer have been replaced on the postseason roster by Ezekiel Duran and Brock Burke. Uh, wow, like that's that's huge. huge. Now, who yeah. knows if Scherzer would have gotten another start or innings or anything like that coming out of relief. Mm-hmm. Um, but Adolis, you know, him and Seeger have kind of been the heart and soul of that lineup and just uh, doing a lot of damage. 
and you just had one of your legs cut out from underneath you. So, um, but I, I did see a tweet today and it, it showed the breakdown of, uh, the Rangers and their all-stars and, and this, the stints that they all had, I think only Simeon, Simeon was the only one who went 162 this year, but, yeah. um, well, speaking of Simeon, he just, he was the one that hit a, he hit, hit a two run triple. Yeah. I saw that. Um, just to make it three, but he, but, um, they, they have played well, even with their stars when they're out. Um, and I think they're used to it. They weren't firing on all cylinders all year. So I think they'll still be fine. Well, I hope you're right because um, these this World Series has been unbelievable. I, I know the ratings have been down. I have locked in on this. and I mean, it's 2-1 Rangers right now. It's going to be the 3-1 or 2-2. Last night sucked. The 3-1 game. I actually went out and had some wings and was watching a little bit of the game uh out of last a, night? a restaurant last night. I did it. Not, I did not it. a great I, – I was bored, man. Um, well, at least it was a close game. It wasn't a blowout. That is though, right? true. It's, but it's, 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 I don't know. It never felt really like the, the D-backs were going to win. Uh, I will agree there. They didn't have anything rolling. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you had a great play at the plate throwing out Christian Walker, and there's lots what to talk terrible, today about. What a terrible, terrible – Christian Walker, man. You, you come back with a double. You've been hitting like absolute, you know, pukaka. Garbage. And <laughs> – and then you do that, man. Like, and and my thing with him is, I'm shuffling the lineup if I'm managing right now. To see him in the four stick every day, it's been killing me. And and some of his at bats have just like he can't hit a slider to save his life. He looks like me in college. It is, and and guys are just slidering him to death. Well, I like, think there's... I saw one at bat uh, earlier in like earlier in this series where two strikes and he took a fastball like literally like yeah, right he just, down the middle he was he was locked up he was looking for something as else a hitter you get in those points where you're yeah you're guessing you're just hoping you're not seeing it well everything's coming really quick um i think everyone's been there i think for me it's really easy to see that he's there right now and yeah to be burning a hole in the four spot right now it's tough especially like a guy tommy fan behind him mm-hmm. doing pretty well like you're doing really well i just I, I've been waiting to see a shake-up there, so a little, little well, disappointed. I will say, and I, I did say it uh, maybe last week, a couple weeks ago, I think Christian Walker is probably one of the most underrated players in the big leagues um, who goes unseen, probably because he's in Arizona. But yeah. I do think I read that he's hit, and I don't know if his last two games, three games, whatever it was, has hit, uh, I think, six balls with hard uh, hard contact, meaning like uh, 95 plus, right? 95 miles per hour plus exit velo. So maybe he's turning it around. So yep. we'll... Um, okay, good talk. We'll find out. Hope you enjoy the interview. Seager just went yard. I'm getting <laughs> a little antsy right now, but... Well, that is the end of our quick hit. So I think that is going to wrap it up. Uh, we will we will uh, play that interview, and I hope everybody enjoys it. Damiano Palmigiani. Uh, big prospect with the Jays, and hopefully he is up with the big club sooner rather than later. So let's go watch some baseball, Willow. Enjoy the interview. Joining us today on the pod, we have Damiano Palmagiani, the Canadian legend Blue Jays farm system. Had a heck of a year this year, uh, 35th round pick in 2018, but then in 2021 was drafted again in the 14th round. Demi, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. How's, um, how is it out in Arizona right now? This is your first stint out there? Have you been out there before? Yeah, I mean, this is my first Arizona Fall League experience. I mean, last time I was in Arizona was high school baseball stuff. 
So, uh, but I love, I mean, the, obviously the weather here, you can't beat it, especially in October. So it's, awesome. it's funny. Last, last week we had uh, David McCabe on who uh, is, I think the lone Canadian who is not on your team right yeah. now. You guys, have things, yeah, McCabe's yeah, on the other out. team. He's out in um, a salt river there. And, uh, but he was saying the same thing. Cause he's with the Braves and, and he was saying, you know, it's kind of his first, uh, time out in the East pro ball since high school that he's been out in Arizona. He's loving the weather and everything like that. So it's always kind of interesting to hear perspective of guys who, who their, um, their cities for minor league, at least their spring training complex are in Florida. And then they come out to Arizona for the first time for a little bit of a, an extended stay, but you're enjoying it out there, right? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the talent level, everything is awesome. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Now you're, how far are we into the, the, the league now? About five weeks or so, four or five weeks that we're in? Um, how much time's left? I know we got two. I think we got one week here coming up, and then we got like the next week, we got like the Home Run Derby All-Star Game stuff. And then after that, there's like a short week, uh, including playoffs. So we're in the home stretch. Have there- the, has the Home Run Derby and everything been announced? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's been announced, but... Um, uh, any yeah, any insight that you can share or not yet? Yeah, is that some is that something you do if you got asked? I think what tied for uh, fourth right now in home runs in the. Yeah, if they ask me, I'm for sure saying yes. So that's awesome. You, so you know, if you see my name on there, it's because they asked. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, we might as well throw out your stats here. You're in 279 through 61 at bats. You've got the four bombs, which was Will said. You're tied for fourth. You got 16 RBIs, which is tied for third. And a 969 OPS, having a pretty good year out there. I'm guessing you're feeling pretty comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the I'd say the the best part about it for me was that uh, my season ended on a Sunday, and then I flew out on like a Tuesday, and then we got started right away. So I didn't really have much of like a, you know what I mean, like a downtime to kind of lose the feel or the timing. So um, yeah, I would just say it's kind of like literally just like extending the season a little longer. I didn't feel like I had to make up any lost time or anything. Now you've been playing um, a lot of third base in your pro career. You've had a couple of games at first base, I think there, have you not? Yeah. Yeah. And how is, how's that been going for you now? Like it looked like you've actually played a little bit more first than you may typically do in a season. Yeah, so in New Hampshire for the first few months of the year, I was doing like pretty much like 90% third base with like one game a week at first base. And then uh, when I got to Buffalo, um, because Horowitz went up to Toronto, um, Mm -hmm. that kind of opened that spot entirely. So for the entire time I was there, I just played first base. So I got pretty, I got pretty comfortable, pretty used to it. So do you have a preference? Yeah, I was going to say no. No, I, I mean, I, I've played third, like, more in my career, like, even in, like, high school, you know, and, like, uh, college and all that. But, uh, no, nah, I like them both equally. Wherever you get bad. in the lineup. Yeah, most yeah, guys exactly. don't like first when they go back over. It's, I, never, I, mean, it's, I never played a ton, but it was just, like, I don't know. It's harder than you think. I mean, maybe it's just for me. I think the 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 easiest part about first is, like, actually fielding the ground balls and throwing a second i'd say like one of the tougher parts that for me at first i was like oh shit was like being off the base with like a righty hitting 
and then them smoking a ball and like i have to like sprint over the base find the base turn around and then i got some kid throwing 90 across the diamond already <laughs> coming at me so like i think that's like underrated the first thing you got to get like gotta get used to but no i like it i'm well, comfortable there I know we've always said as coaches, like having a first baseman over there, it's it's an underrated position, oh, right? Sure. I was going to yeah. say the same thing. It's like almost like solid... an, it's almost like an umpire. If you notice it, it's probably not a good thing. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, having having a first baseman who's got really good hands and, and picks up the infielders, you know, scoops balls and makes them look, you know, effortless. That's it's um, man, it goes a long way in in the course of a game. It's unreal yeah. for infielders too. No, I know, like my day. my my, my three last best. years. My three years, like my last year as a college, I we had like a six, I think it was six five first baseman, just yeah. like great footwork, knew how yeah. to move around the bag, and it was just like yeah. you don't you, you get used to it, and then like you know the backup guy come in there, we had a shorter backup, and I remember I'd throw to him, and I'm like, this is not the same at all. Yeah, no, I know exactly how you feel. I mean, I was going to say the same thing. I've been blessed with like some really good first basemen, like since I got into pro ball, and mm-hmm. like it's night and day difference. Like you're, mm-hmm. like the first thing they'll say is just they genuinely don't care it's like just throw it in the general direction yeah. like if it's not if i have to pick it i'll pick it like it's not a big deal and that just gives wow. you so much confidence so learning from them and stuff like that i feel like i'm in a position where i can make infielders feel that way too you know like i genuinely feel that way so just if you get it throw it however you can get it in the general <laughs> direction get it there yeah that's kind of the, what that's what we want to hear so no, is this is this something that the Jays have talked to you about about playing a little bit more first base? I mean, if I'm looking at the roster for next year in the big leagues, and, and you're kind of you know they like said you're up in AAA now, right on that cusp. Um, you know, Chapman's a free agent, so that might be opening up a spot. And some guy named Vladdy pretty much has that first base position <laughs> on more or less on lockdown. Let's consider it. So I didn't know if that was a discussion that they've had with you is being being able to play both. Uh, you know to to spell Vladdy if he needs a day off or, or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, even like from the first day I signed, like even when I was just breaking in, like the, it, I was always looked at as corner guy. So it's like, we're going to get you as much work as at third as at first, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. now at this point in AAA, they've kind of, it's kind of gone according to plan anyways. Um, I've had enough time at both where, I'm extremely comfortable at both. They're comfortable with me at either. So it's kind of just like they they did what they needed with me and I feel comfortable. So at this point, it's like whatever they need, mm-hmm. um, you know, if there's any way I can contribute, uh, they need me to play third or first, like they're going to feel confident about that. So uh, that's just kind of always been the plan to be able to play both. And, and then obviously we don't know what's going to happen. So we'll just as long as I'm prepared and, and they're confident in it, that's all we can control. You know, I wish in youth baseball more kids had kind of what you're saying right now. Because like we, I feel like I run into it all the time where it's like, you know, kids just want to play shortstop. They only want to no. play center field. And it's like every guy we talk to, it's like they talk about getting good at every position possible because it's the same thing, right? Right. Uh, you know, like if you're struggling, you can play third and you need a third baseman. Like that's how you get back in the lineup. I don't, I don't I don't know. I feel like kids need to to understand that a little better and and understand that like playing multiple positions isn't a bad thing, you know? Yeah. I think the value in the value in being a a utility player when you're younger is like, I think more valuable than if you're just like a lockdown shortstop who hasn't played anywhere else, Um, which is a good thing. I mean, if you're a good shortstop, you can probably play anywhere, but um, (laughs) I think like you, you need to be like, 
you go to college, it's like, yeah, I'm primary shortstop, but I've played everywhere. I'm comfortable everywhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you need, if you need me to move around, I can do it. And then in pro ball, it's like, you're just trying to get up there and contribute mm-hmm. and help the team mm-hmm. win. So if you're, if you're a hit first guy for some reason and, and, but you're only, you know, you're only locked down in one spot, like it kind of doesn't help you out. But if you, if you, if you're a guy, they want, they want your bat in the lineup, but you're an athlete and they can move you around. Then we get like a David Schneider, you know, you, you can put him mm-hmm. anywhere. He doesn't yeah. play short, but if you put him there, he, he would do a good job. You know what I mean? It's like be an athlete first. Which is a manager, a manager. That's all you want, you know. A guy yeah, that you absolutely. can just pigeonhole anywhere. Did you get a chance but, to yeah. play with Schneider? I did. I did very briefly when I went up to Vancouver, not this year, last year. So twenty twenty two, I went up and uh, we spent four or five days together, and then he got called right. up to Double A. But I mean, I had met him and and you know spent time with him in camps and stuff and spring training. So. You know, he's 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 the best guy there is, you know. Good well, he had, he had an unbelievable start to his season uh, when he got yeah. called up in, in the big leagues to his career, I should say. And, and is, has a little bit of a cult following, especially with that killer mustache that he's yeah, got. Eh? Yeah. Where's yours? Are you going to grow one soon or what? <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> I mean, maybe who knows if I, if I if I if you see me with just a mustache, I probably went like over 10 or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully but, I don't see you with a mustache then. Yeah. Yeah. No. Awesome. Now you mentioned you mentioned guys uh, who are a hit first guy. Is that something you would consider yourself uh, as a, as a as a hitter first, or are you kind of um, you know basically? I guess I'm asking you to to rate yourself in the in the different areas of the game here, offense and yeah. defense. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like it's no it's no secret that my my biggest ability to impact the game would be at the plate. Uh, that's kind of what I work towards, and that's what they want me to do. But uh, at the same time, like. I take a lot of pride in, and I've talked with our, uh, you know, our, our farm directors and stuff on the, you know, hitting is hard. And mm-hmm. if I'm not able to contribute uh, for a few days at the plate, like I, if there's an opportunity for me to affect the game on defense, which especially as you go up levels, like the corners is, is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I want, I want people to feel confident that if I'm not hitting, like, you know, that they're not getting no cheap hits on me either. Like I'm able to take away some hits too. So I would say, yeah, but uh, that's not where all my focus is. Right. Now, one question that we'd like to ask, I mean, what's this will about our fourth, uh, fourth yeah, or fourth fifth or interview or so yeah. of fall league guys. It's almost like our fall league series, which I'm loving. And one of the questions that we like asking guys are, are who has impressed you there, whether it's a teammate or somebody on another team who who's kind of caught your eye. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, there's a lot of guys. I don't want to like, <laughs> I don't want to forget anyone, but um, as far as we talked about McCabe, um, and not just because he's Canadian, not just because mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm buddies with him. Um, seeing him, uh, his growth over the last few years since mm-hmm. the last time I saw him till now, um, he's he's he's. I think he's a really special hitter, uh, switch hitter, real good eye. Um, I, yeah, I, I like him a lot. I'd say uh, on my team, on my team, there's a bunch of guys. Um, there's a guy named CJ Alexander on the Royals. He's uh he he'll probably, I think he'll break camp because he played all year in AAA. So mm-hmm. he might break camp with them. Uh, Peyton Wilson, Royals. 
I don't know. There's a lot of guys. West Clark, Brewers. All the there's a lot of you. You go watch a game. Someone's gonna blow you away every day. Well, speaking of blowing you away, I was just gonna ask. What about arms? Maybe maybe there's a, is there anybody there you're like, man, that's a tough at bat. So maybe somebody on another team you're like that's a I don't like facing that guy. That guy's hard. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Kind of everyone. I mean, everyone's yeah. pretty good out here. Um, the fun, that's the thing about the fall league. You know, everybody's throwing like a probably. There's probably many guys that are throwing triple digits out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys get it up. Um, obviously, on our on our team again, Ricky Tiedemann is 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 up. Yeah, there I was gonna it. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, that's the excited arm I'm waiting for the Jays to bring up. Like he. Yeah. He well, you got big league camp last year. Like he was just electric. It was. Yeah. Well, you must have had an extended look at him. Yeah, I was gonna say. Season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I mean, I've been playing behind him at all the at all the stops so far and seeing his growth, I think that's the biggest thing I can talk on him about is like he's a physically dominant pitcher who can just blow it by you. Um, you know, he's got the swing and miss stuff that you just don't teach. Um and then seeing him this year, um, he came back from like a very minor uh, you know, he was just his bicep uh and he mm-hmm took some time obviously they took it slow but it's nothing at all and he came back up and seeing him for the first time kind of struggle in the zone a little bit that first two outings back and um he couldn't rely on that like overpowering stuff for just like a moment and seeing him without any losing any confidence without anything just go okay well i'm gonna show you my secondary stuff and you know i'm gonna work my way into the zone and actually pitch um if I need to and just seeing all of it come together now and just like in the fall league, it was electric. Cause he had, you know, he had it in the back pocket. Like I'm a, I'm a just blow it by you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if he had to get hitters off time with his change up slider, he would do it. So it was like the best of both worlds. And I think now like anyone who's been watching him, I think you can confidently say like, yeah, he's, he's ready. You know, it's just a matter of time when they see the, the opportunity to bring him up and when he's up there he's gonna stick you know it's he's he's mm. special well speaking about a matter of time and this is something i want to ask beggar you can probably attest to this because you've been in you've been in triple a ball before huh yeah i have yeah there yeah. you go but uh <laughs> but being in buffalo now like what is it what's that feeling like knowing that you know injury away uh you know go a good couple weeks away like is that does it does it drive you more? Because I don't know how it feels. I never will. But um, like I think that's like a pretty you know it's a pretty big benchmark, right? Because you're like right there. So I don't yeah, know what yeah. what what's kind of your thought about it? Because it's uh, to me it's like that's something that's like sweet. And I watch yeah. it. and I see in Triple A. I'm like, let's go. Demi's gonna be there soon. Yeah, it's 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 like you said. It's like it's a matter of time, and and whatever happens, you're you're essentially the next man up kind of thing. So yeah, that definitely I credit it mostly to the staff around us, like the managers hitting coaches anyone like they do such a good job of just like it's like take care of business right now like every day it's like where your feet are at take care of business right now because you you're not playing you're not playing to get brought up you're playing to be ready when they bring you up you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and uh so like that's i think the (laughs) i think the the guys around me everyone is does such a good job of like this is the like there is no get to the big leagues and then start being you know professional start you know working on stuff it's like no right now like we are 
finishing the product right now and it's just whatever they need like we we go up and contribute there's no there's no get my feet wet you know so everyone around it does such a good job just kind of building you up uh, it's it's very professional so that's I, that's what i like the most about it i go it I sounds go pretty badass yeah it like is that. yeah it's the it's it's cool there's no there, there's no there's no time for for you know there's no time for like those little moments of unprofessionalism mm -hmm. or anything like that it's like no this is this is that's our big leagues so it's not we're not getting ready we're ready and we have to stay ready what'd you think about buffalo in your what was it 20 games i think you had there it was awesome. The city's sick. Uh, the stadium's awesome. The the team was super cool too. We had a mostly on the on the like pitching side. We had uh, tons of big league service time. So mm -hmm. a lot of guys that that have great insight. Uh, a lot of guys that have been there and will be there again. Continue doing it. And so all the position players too is just like. There's days like even in good days and bad days, I felt like I was learning from someone, even without even like trying to, you know. The so knowledge was, there, yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a great experience. I loved it was I'd say it was definitely the most uh exciting few games of my career so far. Your twenty twenty three season we've talked about, you started in double A, New Hampshire, moved to to Buffalo, but spring training was pretty interesting. Um, beforehand, you, you kind of got a call from Team Canada to take part in the WBC. That was your first time in the senior team. What was that whole experience like? It was uh, it was awesome. Um, just kind of it was presented to me as kind of like a, a bench role uh, for you know if anything happened. So I just wanted to make sure that I was uh, you know learning, absorbing everything like a sponge, and staying ready in case anything happened. So that was where my uh, head was at. And I mean, who who on that team? Because there were some pretty good veterans there. Who maybe did you kind of follow around or or pick their brain, listen to, just kind of watch how they operated? Yeah, there's a. I mean, there's a lot of guys on that team that that are carrying so much like knowledge and experience. Um, I would say for me, uh, a lot of my work was at first base, so it was with Freddie Freeman, um, and obviously, <laughs> resume speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. um, so I just really want to pick up, uh, you know, pick up on any of his uh, like the little things that he does and, 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 you know, take any advice from him. And uh, I'd say it was exactly that, like all the little things he controls. Um, he focuses on the details of, of everything from a ground ball to, to his reps in the cage. It's all very methodical, very slow. And uh, the more you, you see how process oriented he is, you start to realize that like, mm -hmm all those like little hits throughout a year, um, maybe fifth at bat, uh, you know, fight one off the other way uh, for an extra hit. Um, you know, that's the stuff that leads to the crazy seasons he has and where it might seem like, oh, a lucky hit here and there maybe. It's like it's, he's really controlling everything you possibly can. And, and I think things go his way because of that. And that's what I learned from it. So I just try to live in that way kind of after – you know, seeing that from him. That's kind of interesting that like, you know, some of those foul balls and everything, they might not be, those are kind of intentionally done, right? To get an extra, extra swing, an extra pitch. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's the that's game true. is just slow when you're in control of everything. So it's funny too, because Denzi, when we had Denzi on it, he like said the exact same thing you just said. So that's, uh, 
that's pretty yeah, cool that you guys kind of picked up on like you know preparation all that because i remember we asked the same thing and he i think like i don't think he got to work with him as much but when he talked to us mm-hmm. i think he said he was mm-hmm. there was a conversation he had in the outfield shagging one day and it was like almost identical to what you just said which is pretty yeah it's no it's awesome and it's like no it's like not bs work either it's like actual stuff that makes sense like one of the funny i i say this now uh, when i'm at first base a lot to people and it's like it makes him laugh but i took it from freddie is like there's this one time he was getting his reps and i was letting him do everything first um and so i was just kind of behind him and i he was doing like normal ground balls and i was like you want me to cover like first to you know like flip them to me and he's like uh he's like no if i can't if we can't flip a ball to first base we got bigger issues He's like, you don't got to do that. I was like, you, you're so right and now. If, so if you just follow ever, that all the time now. You, you're never flipping anyone anymore. Ever asked me, you want me to cover? I, I hit him with that one as if like I made it up. It's like, dude, if I flip the ball to first base, we got bigger issues. So I took that from Freddie. That's awesome. But it's yeah, it's it's good work, man. He does he does everything the right way. But the other thing I'm kind of hearing you say, and it's one thing that I like to talk about with with players, is that it's quality over quantity right i mean how many things like you guys both played college ball as did i and it was almost like more and more and more and more and more 200 ground balls 200 ground balls 100 swings whatever Mm -hmm. it's like instead of those purposeful you know meaningful individual reps right i'd rather take five great ground balls than 50 ones where you just rush you're not set whatever it is right so almost sounds like that's kind of what freddie does himself and then having somebody you know a younger player like you kind of watch that i think is um it's a it's a, like a, a learning process it's almost like it's almost uh what's the word i'm looking for confirming what you already know right right, right. so it's interesting you've experienced um i guess every level i think that the jays have to offer so far right so except for except for the big one and we're going to get there sooner rather than later Demi. But would it, would, uh, do you have a favorite place that you've played in those those uh, cities, home or away? It's another question we like to ask. Like, What kind of are your favorite cities that you've played in? You know, you've played in you know, a bunch of different leagues now, so you've seen a lot yeah. of different cities. Yeah, absolutely. I think you guys could guess which one my favorite uh, Jays yep, I know stop is. Yep. <laughs> is uh, obviously Vancouver, um, playing at home. Uh, that was the, the, in my first year, my first full season. I uh, started in Florida um which you know i mean the heat and just Mm -hmm. like first stop is not you don't want to be there for too long and then getting told like hey you're being promoted to vancouver and just knowing that that means i'm going home like i'm gonna go Mm -hmm. have dinner at my house and Mm -hmm. sleep there and play for the team i grew up watching um that was definitely the the coolest spot i mean like uh that and then playing that that rest of that season uh was pretty surreal um so did it feel like easier to you like you know being home like it you know like that's like and usually like like home parks always felt the same thing like it was almost like you know you're just more prepared and stuff but like being back home which is pretty sweet in pro ball um did it did it just make you feel like a little bit you know less i don't know if you get nervous or not or Something like no, that. No, hundred percent, a hundred percent. It was it. It was a thousand percent more comfortable. It was like I felt. I I literally felt like I like the luckiest person on earth. Like I was yeah, like, that's sweet. you know, I got my own. I got my my car there. I got. I can go home. I can see my. I was seeing my friends that I hadn't seen in a while. Like I was like, 
it literally felt like I was just like back home in off season, but then like also playing games, you know what I mean? So it was, it, it was really cool. It was an awesome experience. And I, I think I made the most of it. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it a lot. How difficult was it to manage your pass list? <laughs> Honestly, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I was using everyone's tickets. Uh, we get like yeah. three and I was using like every teammate, especially when my family and, my friends and their friends, everyone wanted to show up and, and like the weekends was tough, but it was, I mean, it was, I, I loved every second of it. So. What about any road cities? Where'd you like playing? Where I mean, whether it was success on the field or do you just really like the city? That's a good question. Uh, I like the, I like Hartford, Connecticut a lot. Hartford okay. yard goats. Yard uh, goats they got yeah. the, so far, I think the best, Honestly, even including AAA, they got the best stadium that I've played mm -hmm. at. Um, they've got a whole upper bowl behind the like you can actually hit a home run to where people are sitting and like right. they're seating behind the fence and stuff. Um, that place is cool. The city's cool. The hotel they they put us up in is really nice. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm like, getting a good one. But... Do you like New Hampshire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Hampshire was nice. I mean, it's the the city itself is you know it's it's a smaller city but it's it's welcoming mm. it's very comfortable uh, a lot of good food places i didn't even realize it would be like that good but uh yeah and then the stadium's actually really cool so i, I enjoyed new hampshire a lot how many field how many bombs to right field did you hit because they got that short fence out there <laughs> one i took advantage of one. <laughs> there you go there you go better yeah. than zero i was gonna get... say, i was gonna say i was like I'm, I'm i'm about to go this whole year with this tiny right field, and I'm not gonna hit a ball out to right. And is it 315 out there? What is it? It's it's in the very corner. It's 305 <laughs> in the very corner of right field, but it goes straight out. So yeah, you know, and like a true right field is probably like 310, 315, but uh, <laughs> yeah, which is not far at all. But uh, you know, I got one. The, I got one. Did you get any off the hotel out and left? <laughs> I did. I did. Um, there's a couple. I was always thinking about it when we first showed up. I was like, man, I wonder if I could hit that hotel. Like, it looks kind of far. It looks kind of doable. And in BP, I was getting kind of close. And I was like, no, nah, I got to like square one up. And then I remember there's two two at bats that I was like expecting a good pitch to hit. I was feeling pretty good. And I was just like, I'm cheating the barrel here and I'm trying to hit the hotel. And usually that is the recipe for an out. <laughs> or a swing and miss it or a ball worked. off the foot it actually worked twice <laughs> so that's yeah so i got I, I can i can say that but that's a good yeah, shot out there it. the pimp jobs are getting pretty clean too there i've seen i've seen a lot of videos and they're there you got, yeah, you got a good one pimp my one rule is like uh the bat is never going airborne i like okay. i'm a big yeah you I look like pretty professional drops. doing it yeah i like bad drops you know i like mm -hmm. bad okay. drops you kind of go. Uh, I don't like flicking the bat up. Definitely never, you never look at the pitch or anything like that. Like it's like kind of just like sort of act like you've been there before, but enjoy it. I can, I, I can know. absolutely sometimes, sometimes appreciate I just that. Out. Now you had a pretty good one a few uh, what was it, maybe a week ago or so in the fall. You hit one. What was it four forty something? What was the what was the shot? What was the tail of the tape? Uh, I think four forty something, something like that. Yeah, I saw it on social media. It was a pretty good one, and it was it was just what you're talking about with the pimp job. It was pretty like relaxed, chill. You knew you got it. You weren't sprinting out of the box, but it was kind of head down, and you 
done it before. I love that too. Just like the professional pimp job, you know, nothing too much, but you know, you got it. So yeah, we'll see in the, if if one comes in the postseason, a big moment and I black out, who knows, but I might talk. Yeah. That might be the time. (laughs) That might be the time to just throw a bat up in the air, but (laughs) I like it. All right. We got to do this session here, this section, I should say, uh, for Willow, especially. We got to touch on your college career because yeah, I think I you had to do it. Oh, you, OK, we'll uh, we'll go there. I know Willow loves yeah. it, but you had a pretty interesting few stops, I think, and start to your post high school career. You started out at CSUN, yeah. uh, Cal State Northridge there with Denzi, actually with Denzel Clark. Yeah, um, and then you ended up. Were you room dogs there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We room we room together that uh the two years or I guess the year and a half that we were together. Now look at you guys. Well you had a few Canadians yeah. there too. Yeah, there's Yeah, it was me, Dens, Wes, Wes Moore, and Nick. uh Victor Cherney. Yeah, Those are all yeah. of us. Yeah, nice. So and then so you ended up what was it like there? Because ultimately you left. So what kind of went into those mm-hmm. decisions? Maybe how you got to the school, how you left the school. And this is the part of like when we talk to guys, I think um might be, I don't want to say inspiring, but educational for maybe, uh, you know, kids who might be listening to it, looking to go through the same process. Yeah, definitely. And no, I'm glad we're talking about it too. Um, so basically I committed to Northridge when I was a, when I was in grade 11. So early grade 11, um, you know, they took me out, showed me to the school, unofficial visit, um, obviously gave an offer that, that, you know, we wanted to take because, we just felt like that's it's mm-hmm. as good as it's going to get kind of thing. But I also really liked the the coaching staff, the opportunity, all that. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I went there my freshman year and, and uh, just was not good. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't do very well. I mean, and it was, uh, it's, it goes back to what we talked about earlier and I was going to mention it was the, the work, the quality over quantity kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout my time in like high school, and even that freshman year, um, I always, and like, obviously still now, I always wanted to work. Like I always wanted to, to, you know, work hard and, uh, take extra reps and, you know, work when no one's looking kind of thing. But mm. I really didn't understand how to do it. I ended up just kind of, I ended up kind of just taking the time after practice to work on stuff that maybe I wasn't even going to see in a game. And I just kept doing things that either promoted my bad habits or I just kept working on stuff that I was already good at. So it was kind of like, it was kind of just like insanity. I was just like (laughs) doing extra stuff, thinking that I was going to unlock a better version of myself. And it wasn't until I got punched in the mouth pretty much like making the same mistakes over and over again, seeing myself uh, rightfully so lose playing time and, and, and just not get the opportunities because I couldn't be trusted. You know, Mm -hmm. like I was, uh, um, it wasn't until all that happened where I really, with the help of teammates and stuff, um, had to reflect on what do I do well and what do I not do well? And am I really working on what I don't do very well? You know, or am I just hammering away at stuff that isn't going to make me better? Um, so it's like, all right, like, do I need to get the slider machine going a little lot more instead of just fastballs? Do I need to do I need to take ground balls, um, you know, with a throw instead of just like feeling them and throwing it to the side kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then that's where the quality comes in. It's like, well, I'm doing all this. Maybe it takes a little more effort, but if I'm 
taking like 20 really good reps, that's better than a mindless with no purpose, like 40, 50 reps. You know what I mean? Right. And then, so that's kind of when I really started unlocking parts of myself that I knew were there, but I didn't know how to like really access them. Um, and then obviously COVID happened. So that Mm -hmm. gave me, uh, that gave me an opportunity to kind of fully step into a new, uh, like a new environment. Um, and I had that connection with CSN Southern Nevada, uh, from high school because we would always go and play there. Um, and so it was a pretty, pretty easy transition to go there and, now I have kind of the tools of how I know I can get the best out of myself. And I knew that, uh, honestly, like I knew I was going into a program that like I needed to be ready to contribute because, uh, to be brutally honest, I knew it was going to be a little more competitive and, um, I needed to bring that out of myself. So that's where every day it was like, I needed to make sure that I was challenging myself that I was ready to play and that, um, I needed to like really reflect on what I was doing. And that's where everything just clicked. And is that where you kind of really started to unlock your power? Cause I remember kind of, you know, watching you following along with stat wise and then and everything and social media. And that's where I started seeing a lot of clips of you hitting some bombs. Bombs. <laughs> bombs. I was just, your stat line at CSN was, pretty impressive that year dude yeah 389 uh 203 at bats uh 79 hits 13 doubles three triples 26 pumps that's pretty impressive (laughs) 36 base on balls 38 strikeouts obp of 521 14 bags that's not too shabby man showing the speed off too yeah 14 bags bags. yeah Yeah, how many did you have this year you running much anymore Seven. Hey, I have a my my big thing right now is I'm I'm currently twelve for twelve in my career, so Ooh. I'm a little scared to run unless I'm hundred <laughs> percent sure I'm gonna be safe now because I Wait, don't want to ruin that. You're kind of like Trey Turner, man. Yeah, me and him are the same guy. Same, same guy. Same game. <laughs> okay, well, I got to bring up one thing here because I'm looking at your baseball reference page, and it's probably your most memorable moment on the field. And it came when you were with a team. I don't even know who this is. Port Angeles. Lefties. And it is your pitching appearance that you've got yes. there. You decided <laughs> to be an athlete. Tell us about your yeah. your outing on the mound. That um, So it's the end of the summer. Guys don't want to be there anymore. So guys are leaving, <laughs> uh, including including our pitching staff. And uh, I, uh, I lived... I lived too close to Port Angeles to just leave because uh, they knew I could just drive there at any moment. So I had to just wear it. And I told the I told the manager, I said, I'm going to stay here all summer, but we're going to play in Victoria in a sold out crowd. And I'm going to pitch like at least one time. Like, and he's like, fine, we'll see what happens. Like, and sure enough, I think it was like the seventh or the eighth inning. We're getting absolutely stomped. Of course, we got no pitching. <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, he told me like after my at bat, I like, I think I just Kate or something. So I'm walking in a dugout. I'm like, uh, whatever. And he's like, Hey, uh, pick your head up. Cause you're pitching next inning. <laughs> I was like, no way. All right. Got out there. Um, the gun was hot. 
which was awesome. It's usually not it was hot like a mile or either. Really? It's usually well, pretty we'll go cold. With that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I'll go, go, yeah, go with that for sure. Cold, yeah. It was a cold gun. And I it was it was my warm-ups, and I was like kind of getting into it a little bit, but not fully. And I was like 81, 82, 83. And I'm like, okay, I'm climbing. Like I'm not even trying that hard yet. And then for I remember first pitch I threw, I threw as hard as I could, and it was like 84. And I was like, oh shoot. I was like, oh shoot, that's <laughs> And then I went down to like 82, 83. And then in my third batter, I don't know if the, the sequencing on my mechanics clicked a little bit for a couple for a couple pitches, but I, I was like 86, 87, and then back to like 81. So I was like, all right. Was That's like, awesome. You got, you got one inning and you're already worried about mechanics and sequencing and yeah. everything. That's and then the rest, of the, the rest of the year, I just kept asking guys, I'm like, you think with the right training, there's like a 90 in there? <laughs> i just kept saying that That's uh i asked the same thing in my career too <laughs> <laughs> you think it's in there yeah uh, you I had think it's 90 also... at least once or twice so bigger yeah oh yeah i hit i hit 90 91 kind of every game i just i didn't sit there and... what was that what was like the hardest pitch do you remember throwing uh Three. four i got a couple fours and uh yeah, yeah. a couple of you know whatever however many threes and bunch of twos but it was 90-91 every game i was in a hard throw now it's like you're not even getting a look at 90-91 it's like this those change-ups i think they come up on the board as change-ups yeah. these days right so it's, it's insane but yeah right, you'd be surprised you'd be surprised there's some uh especially in in like buffalo triple a like there's a lot of 91-92 um you know sinker cutter guys who i mean that that sinker at ninety two is coming in heavier and harder than yeah. than some guys who I see just whipping it in the upper nineties. So you know, it's funny you say that because I pitch profile. I say like when I first signed with the Giants and went to they sent me to high A out of indie ball and everybody there was throwing like ninety five ninety six I was like oh my god like I do not fit in here but I did really well and like f- I think five weeks later I get promoted to double A and in my mind I'm going if they're throwing this hard in A ball like I how hard are they throwing in double A and I get there. And now you start seeing like the 86s, the 88s, the 92s, the 90s, yeah. and from 17 different arm angles and all the rest of it. Like, okay, okay, this is, <laughs> I can fit in here a little bit better than everybody throwing like upper 90s, right? But yeah, when you get, uh, you know, higher levels, guys start figuring out how to pitch and everything. Don't just like light up exactly. the gun. Yeah, the, the rookie ball 103, no no idea where it's going. Oh, it's, it's it's terrifying. Scary. Terrifying. Yeah. Waking up at waking up at like eight AM to go play a ten AM game in, in Lakeland, Florida, and there's some kid on the mound who's just blessed with one of these craziest arms I've ever seen in my life. But he's twenty three and still just grinding there. It's like, oh, I might I'm gonna yeah. strike out for sure, but if he doesn't hit me before, you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um I want to ask you, so there's a few things here. One, I, I mean, I mentioned I was on the baseball reference page. It's got you listed at six feet, 195. I think that was probably when you were a junior in college or something like that. What what are we wow. now? Uh, six one for sure. Maybe maybe two in cleats. Okay. And then uh, like a, a solid like 210, 215. That's what I figure. You're, you're a little bit thicker now when we see in videos and everything like that than the 195. But interesting, and what people probably don't know is, you know, we've referred to your Canadian roots and everything like that, but you were not born in Canada. You were uh, born in Venezuela. Dual citizen, right? Yes, sir. Nice. Spanish fluent? Yep, yep. Still speak it at home and in the clubhouse every day. 
Well, that's that's where I was going with this. How much of an advantage is that to be bilingual in you know this profession? Uh, it's huge. I mean, I feel like I uh, I feel like I can build like closer relationships with uh, with a lot of the team, um, obviously. And I do a lot of like translating for guys too, so I feel like mm-hmm. I'm helping uh, guys get closer. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like I feel like I really understand, um, you know maybe some of the Dominican Venezuelan guys, like where they mm-hmm. come from and stuff, I can really uh, like make a connection with them. Um, so it's, I, you know, I feel like I just, it helps me get to know everyone better and, and understand my teammates a lot more. Have you ever considered winter ball going down to, uh, to Dominican or something or Venezuela? Or Venezuela. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Actually this, this year I was, um, I was in like talks with that, um, trying to figure out, uh, what team to get a contract with and stuff like that uh, before I knew about the fall league. Um, so I think uh, who knows if I know the benefits of it in terms of like preparing you for the big league atmosphere. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, which country were you looking? Venezuela and Dominican. You were looking at both. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's, there's two teams out of Caracas where you were born. Right. So I actually played for one yeah. of them. I was on the Tiburones for, uh, for part of a season. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I know them. It's what, uh, what what's the off season gonna look like though? You think? Uh, I know you kind of just kind of hinted towards it a bit, but uh, after the fall league, what, yeah. what's planned for you? I'll kick my feet up and relax. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, for I mean, for you know, maybe a couple weeks, one two weeks, and then uh, and then because of uh because of the fall league and all the at bats I'm getting here, um, obviously like I'm not gonna do winter ball this year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to just go back to, so I train and I train and live with my girlfriend in, um, in Anaheim. Um, okay. so nice. that's where I'm going to be for most of it. And then go back to BC for the holidays and, and see family and stuff and, and spend some time there. So it's just kind of split time between the two, do all my training and then get ready for February. Nice. It's cold. It's cold up here, man. It's cold. Yeah. No, I bet it's October, man. We're getting into the. <laughs> You no, it's like Victoria we, right I, yeah, Victoria, I was actually, I was over downtown Vancouver this weekend, but it was cold, yeah. man. Like, not October. Yeah. I kept saying to my girlfriend, it's like, it feels like it's December already, and it's just, I'm not ready for it. Especially, <laughs> oh, yeah. too, I it mean, rain. you've been in the heat now for for a while, right? Oh, I mean, man. you've been around, yeah. but it's tough. Yeah, it's gonna, no, it, it'll definitely be a shock, but uh, that rain is coming, and that's just, that, that's, you gotta get, I always tell people when they talk about BC, it's like, you gotta get through the rain. And, you know, however, from October to freaking mm. May, pretty much. And then once you get once you get into the summer, it's uh, it's the most beautiful place on earth. So for sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. know about you, but well, they and everyone in the U.S. too thinks that like everywhere in Canada is just like five feet of snow all year round. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Especially BC. Alberta. It's like it all it does is rain. That's all it does. It just rains. Yeah. So it depends. What do you, do you want? Do you want, you know? five feet of snow or do you want just a ton of rain every day every day so yeah what do you prefer but then the summer's beautiful so it's okay summer's unreal yeah what other what other hobbies you got going what are we doing uh, off the field uh, during the season during the season off field i mean i i uh you know my 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 friends family and, and my girlfriend are, are a huge aspect of kind of who i am so mm-hmm. uh whenever i'm done playing uh, i want to just either either you know if, if, if i'm away from them like get on the phone talk to talk to my loved ones uh 
I like getting, and then I like getting, uh, I like getting dinner with my teammates a bunch. You know, if there's a good spot, if we're somewhere where there's a good spot, um, you know, I'm trying to round up as many guys as possible. Nice. And, and that, and then, you know, movie theaters, stuff like that. I like, I like anywhere I can just kick my feet up because, you know, we've had, a few, we've had a few foodies, eh, Willow? Yeah, I think uh, most Troy guys. mentioned it. McCabe mentioned it. They, you know, yeah. going it's out cool in different cities and figuring out some nice places to eat. Exactly. That's what I was going to say because you go to different places. Places and um, I mean, everywhere's known for whatever, but everywhere's always going to have their food. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like their, their restaurants that are so getting guys together and going experience these different places, and we get to like talk about oh, like remember when we got whatever steak in Connecticut or whatever, and we're, mm-hmm. oh yeah, the steak was unreal. You know, stuff like that. Like oh, the Italian over here, and it's it's, it's nice. <clears throat> Will you got anything else? Or are we wrapping up here? No, man. I think that was good. I there's know. no, there's at, no game on tonight. I know there's no, there's no game, there's on, no game tonight. on tonight though. So it's a, you know, usually we're scuffling to to finish up an interview or a pod to go watch the rest of the game. But that's it's the Sunday and it's a uh, game. Have you been watching any of the playoffs? I guess we'll we'll wrap up on that one. It's one one right now. The series is one one. Have you been watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, it's cool. We have a uh, in our uh, in our little fall league. Uh, team we have the Rangers so oh, they uh, be they've sweet. been you know and actually our 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 whole like our clubhouse is the Rangers spring training so like their whole staff is just electric right now they're they're all excited um we got all the games on so I guess I'm sort of cheering for them right now because sure I got all, yeah I was gonna say who, who do you got winning you got Rangers winning or D-backs I got no clue honestly it's 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 really cool that that the Diamondbacks and the Rangers are there because we we're so used to seeing like these like playoff superstars play each other mm-hmm. all the time, and then we forget that we got guys like Corey Seager, Corbin Carroll, Garcia, yeah. like Cattell Marte, all these other guys who who you're used to seeing, but not in this uh, in this like stage. And it's going to make for a good series. I mean, it's already one one, and these guys are like elite of the elite. So it's 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 fresh and it's 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 exciting. Well, Willow, uh, the D-backs, D-backs, man, are like they're just hot. They're hot because well, they're like they, oh. you know on paper they shouldn't be there. They really shouldn't be. They got a solid team, but right now it's just like that's all you got to be. You got to be hot at the end of the year. Not what yeah. the Jays were. Not what the Jays were. <laughs> no, got to be hot at the right time. Willow, we got the right guy here, maybe to ask. I mean, we talked about it a bunch, and we might have to censor this a little bit. Um, but we we talked about Gabriel Moreno quite a bit did you get a chance to play with him i didn't play with him but i uh i trained with him when he was when i first signed he was rehabbing a broken hand and uh so we did a lot of cage stuff together a lot of uh you know defensive work together he was taking ground balls at that time Um, right and uh yeah i got to know him i got to know him for a few weeks and uh yeah he's special he's he's really good (laughs) He is special. He's having a heck yeah. of a postseason right now. It's heartbreaking to watch. Like, even the bomb <laughs> hit. It's just like, oh, it hurts. It hurts, but I don't know. Whatever. We won't get Demi in any trouble here saying that yeah, they shouldn't have made the trade. Sense all this, but, uh, I, mean. I thought it was a good trade, but now I think it's a bullshit trade. And I can say that because I have no ties anywhere. But <laughs> Nice, man. Well, Demi, thanks a lot for joining us. That's, uh, I mean, unbelievable to catch up with you. Um, great yeah. seeing you again. Thanks for telling us a little bit about your story and season and, and how everything's going and continued success in the fall league. And I say it uh, for everybody we have on here. I think 
you know, Jays fans should be pretty excited about what they're getting out of you and what they're seeing out of you and what you might be bringing to the table in the very near future. So thanks again, man. Good luck and, and keep doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we got to uh, get together and catch up. I know it's been a while, but uh, no, I appreciate it. It was awesome chatting with you guys. Absolutely. Thanks everybody for listening. If you like the pod, subscribe, hit the buttons, give us a like, send us some feedback, uh, ask questions, and we'd love to interact with you. So until next time, from Willa, myself, Demi, and the rest of the Apotaco team, that is Apotaco out. <laughs> <laughs>